Hi, I'm Allie Gertz. And I'm Julia Prescott. And this podcast is brought to you by Everything's Everything's Coming Up Simpsons. Simpsons. Make sure to tune in on September 11th. We are talking about the episode Radio Bart with a special guest you may recognize. Hi, I'm Nancy Cartwright. And actually, I'm Bart Simpson. Who the (gasps) hell are you? Ah! We're so excited. this This is so good. This was one of our favorite episodes we've ever done. Mark your calendars. I don't know. You're probably already downloading it. What What is this life? Uh, September 11th, we are joined by, you already heard her, Nancy Cartwright. We're so excited. Please tune in. All right. Bye. Today's episode is brought to you by Last Rampage, the new true crime film starring Robert Patrick, Heather Graham, and Bruce Davison. And we had the pleasure of speaking to someone involved with the movie. Hi, my name is Heather Graham, and I'm playing Dorothy Tyson in the movie The Last Rampage. The Last Rampage is a true story about uh, Gary Tyson and how his sons broke him out of prison, and uh, it's a very dark story, and Gary Tyson is not a good guy. I play his wife, and I'm super loyal and devoted to him, even though he's pretty much the worst person in the world. One thing I think is interesting about the movie is a lot of these movies, they tell a story about like, oh, this rebellious guy who was this cool gunslinger and, you know, he did it all these wrong things, but he did it for the right reason. And I think this story sort of turns that story on its head because it's got, at first you think he's a cool guy, but then you're like, no, this guy is just like a selfish, self-centered, narcissistic jerk. I like stories about real people. I think sometimes real life is stranger than fiction. Like, I mean, some of the stuff that happens, you just go, I can't believe this is real, but it's real. And then if you do more research, it's even stranger than the stuff they put in the script. It's just like, sometimes real life is stranger than fiction. Don't miss Last Rampage, the true story of the prison break of Gary Tyson. In theaters September 22nd and available for on-demand pre-order August 22nd. Find out more on Twitter by following at LastRampageFilm or on Facebook.com slash LastRampageFilm. The X Files Files. I'm Kumail Nanjiani. Um, thank you so much for listening. This episode is with Emma Caulfield, who uh, you guys all know from Buffy, and she's a huge X Files fan. And she contacted me, and I said, "Yeah, that sounds like a great idea. Let's do it." We talk about two um, two really good episodes. We talk about um, Darkness Falls and Tombs, which um, is the sequel to Squeeze. Uh, two really great, fun episodes. Um, yeah, so uh, no apps this week, so we're just going to go right into the show. Hope you guys like it. Hey, so our guest today at the X-Files Files is Emma Caulfield. What up? Hey, thanks so much for coming. Thanks for having me. So you contacted me on Twitter because you're a huge <laughs> X-Files fan. Enormous X-Files fan. And yeah. have you been since it first aired? Yes. And what's yes, your like? Which is terrifying. That was what ninety three. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's over twenty years. <laughs> it's over twenty years. It's crazy. Yeah, but it's I, it's it's strangely a show that still holds up. Like it totally holds up. It's I, not dated. And at I, all. I think even for people who didn't watch the show then, because for us there's some nostalgic feelings attached. But mm-hmm. I think because I'm getting a lot of emails from new people who are watching it, mm-hmm. and they love it too. It's not like. 
that cheesy. And it's these, not. Well, the yeah. themes are really universal. Yeah. And the characters are so well fleshed out, and their chemistry is just it's palpable from the beginning. I mean, they're... That's just that's some magic right there. You can't did, recreate that. Did you watch it from season one? Like, what what was your yes. life when you were watching it? Uh, what was my life? Um, Pre-Buffy. College. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. No, I wasn't. I wasn't acting. Yeah. No, I was just someone who liked television. Yeah. What <laughs> do you remember? What other shows you watched back then? In '93. Yeah. Early uh, 90s. Probably 90210, which then yeah. I was on, which was weird. Yeah. Um, That's great, right? I'm trying to think. I don't remember it being a big time for television. Yeah. X-Files really changed the whole landscape. Yeah. It, you know, it went out of the box. I mean, looking back on it now, I'm not even sure that would be on a network. I think it would end up being on cable. It would be great on cable. Great. And then... I mean, throw in a few swear words, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, and then it's it fits right in because it was very dark and the pacing was, I mean, they really took their time. There was, you know, they didn't have sort of the standard cookie cutter shots. Then there was nothing very glossy about it. It was very dark and, yeah, and it, melancholy too. It, you know, it had. It oh, had, yeah. Yeah. And it looked like sort of a gritty movie almost. Like Always. they, it was, it was a show that really cared about how it looked. Yeah. Um, so the episodes we're talking about, I asked you which episodes you want to talk about. Well, you, there's so many. But there's you're, so you're many. On, yeah, you're early, you're early still. Yes, it's the second half. And you said Darkness Falls and Tombs, which are two fantastic episodes. Well, Darkness Falls, you know, is fun for me because I did a movie called Darkness Falls. And then I also happened to love Wait, the episode Darkness Falls. You did Darkness Falls? Yes. I th I've seen that movie. With a really bad wig on. A long, long crap wig. Is this the one where there's like some sort of tooth fairy yes, kind of monster? That was me. I've seen that movie. That was me. I the started. Really I mean, my hair was this color, but they put in a real bad wig. <laughs> I remember. Being actually, no, the wig was good. The wig actually was really good. Oh, you're, you're being nice to the hair people now. Well, no, they actually, they were very, very nice. There was a cool shot in that movie, I believe, where there's a doorway and someone's down there, but then the tooth fairy person is like up. Above the, I remember this one specific shot that I really, really liked. To be honest, I don't remember much because they ended up changing a lot of it. I mean, yeah. they shot a movie and then it. Didn't it got they change the way the tooth fairy looked? Everything. Could I mean, the 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 whole idea of it was, you know, she you didn't see her and you weren't even sure she was supposed to even exist. It was much more about whether the kid's crazy. Oh wow! Because that's not that movie. No. <laughs> Because now there's action figures there's of that. Action, and then there's yeah, and then it. Beca I think it was they they. It was as short as a film it could possibly be. I mean that was. Um, I think it was Liebsman. His first whatever his first cut was much more. Moody. Moody and yeah, they reshot a lot of it, and I I couldn't a I, a, I couldn't go back to reshoot because I was back on Buffy. Yeah. And then B, they're just. Anyway, I don't know. It's boring. They reshot a lot, and then so then I ended up, you know, like, oh, this is interesting. I didn't even remember. <laughs> uh, this is the movie I made. <laughs> okay. No, it's, I mean hell. You know, it made a lot of money for everybody, and everyone, did it? Everyone wins. So. I remember the that there was a Todd McFarlane action figure of Tooth Fairy that was dated because it they changed the design between the action figure and before the movie came out. So it's like sort of a rare action figure that. Well, I feel like I've got. Like maybe early dementia or something, because I swear that there was a whole other person there on set with me who uh, I thought it was Doug Jones. Yes. And, and I'm like, wait a minute, am I confusing you with another? Like, were you? I know he was on Buffy, right? Yes. I don't. Doug I've Jones met him. Is... I've met him multiple times. He's absolutely a wonderful human being. But I could swear that I remember 
sitting outside on a rare sunny day, like having a smoke break or something. And With going, Duck oh, Jones? I'm so glad you're here because now it feels like got a piece of home. And yeah. And some of the same people. And and then I, he's not credited, though. Oh, really? No. Well, so I'm very, unless it was the reshoots. I don't know. Did you like how the movie turned out? You can ask. Okay. I, I mean, <laughs> I, look, I, I would have, I'm happy that everyone got exactly what they wanted. Yeah. Yeah, very diplomatic. Thank you. Um, but this uh, episode of The X-Files is yes. very different from that very movie. Very different from that. Um, it's so good. I just watched it again last night in preparation. Yeah, I saw you tweet about it. I mm -hmm. got excited. It's directed by Joe Napolitano, written by Chris Carter, the creator of the show, obviously. Brilliant. Chris Carter. It's got one of those great cold love opens. You, like Carter. Ice. Do you hear me? I love you. Do Chris you know Carter. him? No. <laughs> That's he what's so sad. A, he just did an interview on Kevin and Bean this week. Oh. He's got a new show on Amazon coming yeah, out. Yeah, with my friend um, Ariel. Really? Cuddle. Yeah. I heard it's good. I heard it's good, too. Man. I know. I just wanted them to do another movie. I know, um, me too. This one's got like that kind of opening, which I really like. Ice in this season also that's has my, it. Oh, yeah. That's a I great love, episode. That's my, that's my yeah. yeah. That's one of the best ones. But I think what's good. It's very the thing. Yeah, it's exactly. The first and only thing that I like, really. The I didn't see the, the other one. one. The Carpenter one. Yeah, I didn't oh, see the new the one. Other, oh. Yeah. No. Sorry, but there's, it's got that thing where it's like a bunch of dudes, bunch of like mm -hmm. dudes who are like macho dudes who are yeah. like freaked out about something and you <laughs> don't know what it is. That's yeah. like one of my favorite like types of X-Files openings. Me too. The people like in peril stuck somewhere. Yeah. And then yeah. it's Mulder's like kind of flirting with Scully when he's like, hey, are you looking for a boyfriend? Remember that mm -hmm. when he's showing her the slides? Yeah. No, they had a couple of nice smile exchanges you know that's funny i'll talk about this because <laughs> what i do is i find message boards from the era <laughs> yeah. and they're called shippers people who really wanted Mulder and scully to get together mm -hmm. they're called shippers and there's a lot of shipper activity in this episode where well, a lot of people are like oh what's going on they have i feel like especially in that first season they found all kinds of ways to touch each other yes even in that one too they you know he kind of passes by her and he great you know touches her shoulder you know, kind of great. It's hot, really, is what I'm saying. It's, yeah. It's, yeah. And um, like, oh, they're so hot for each other. And Ice, too. Not we're gonna not. Well, back Ice, that one, she takes ice, her shirt off, and yeah, they're touching each other. Yeah, touching oh, each other. <laughs> people who don't remember, this is the episode where there's a bunch of people in a forest. They're loggers, and there's some sort of thing that's killing all of them. And mm -hmm. then Mulder and Scully go out there, and it's got sort of. I guess it's. I also like in this episode they their dynamic is devo developed. Mm -hmm. So like Scully makes fun of him, where mm -hmm. she's like, "Do you think it's Bigfoot?" And right, he's right. like, "Okay with it too." It's not Bigfoot. It's like green floaties. Green floaties green, kill people. Yeah, green floaty parasites. Or not parasites. Um, they're like little firefly type creatures. They're firefly that have been type dormant, creatures. Like I was dormant. I was bummed that you don't ever see them really attack and lift someone up because that's one thing that they talk about that they do right. They probably didn't have the money. Yeah, I'm sure this they didn't have the money. season one. It's an experimental show. Yeah. You know, no one kind of really knew what was going on. He he was given a lot of leeway, which is nice, which is unheard of now. Well, it was Chris, Fox, which, which wasn't like a big yeah. channel then, so they could do whatever. But it's, yeah, it's these green floaties that are trapped inside. It's got kind of a, cons like a... a, a anti-like environmental message a little bit because cool. these these guys cut it open and there's like a ring with these green monsters in there and they come yeah. out and just start killing everybody yeah they were uh they were caused from radiation right Some sort yes of early that's volcanic activity and then they got they 
you know, the tree developed, and so they've been just dormant there. Yeah, and yeah. so we're like, you like cut down trees, you see what happens. That yeah. shot I thought was so cool. I don't know why, where they see the old growth tree where the mm -hmm. things came out of, and it's yeah. just these men standing on top of this beautiful tree that's been felled. I thought mm -hmm. that was a really cool image. It was beautiful. They had a lot of really great shots. They had that nice wide shot of them walking through clearly a clear-cut area. Shh. Which is in Vancouver. Vancouver, so make, it's a great place to shoot. It's beautiful. My favorite place. To yeah, shoot. it's um. There's a uh, really, and I also love this where they're like, whenever they're like, all right, we've got a four-hour drive where it's like <laughs> we're leaving civilization, we're mm -hmm. going into the fucking unknown, and I thought X Files did that so well where there were city monsters, but then there's also like monsters out that we don't know anything about. Yeah, the. Uh the, the ones that come from the night are always very mm -hmm. intriguing. They had that one with the uh, other one where the, I don't know what episode this is. I'm totally failing. I might I'm remember failing, it. Which, uh, you know, it's another forest episode. It's later. Detour? Is it Detour? Yeah. Is it the, like the dad and the kid are hunting yes. in the forest. And then, I'm yeah, and then. The, pretty yeah. sure that's Detour where there's like. They're in a back seat with another. FBI couple going yes, on them, which detour. Was hilarious. They're going on some sort of office retreat. It's like yeah, a team building team thing. Building. That's yeah, a great episode. That's a really great one. That's a really great episode. And again, encroachment. They they were yes. definitely touching in on these themes. Early, yeah, yeah. Is, you know, shows how awesome Chris Carter is. At this uh, episode, like, I thought that there was a fun scene where. You know, there's the man-shaped cocoon. And they're like, I wonder mm -hmm. what's in it. What do you think is in it? It's a man-shaped <laughs> cocoon. And Mulder's not taking it seriously at all because she's like, uh, it's a male. And then he goes, barely. barely. Like, <laughs> did they eat his dick? Is that what the implication yeah. is? Uh, yeah, definitely. And then she's yeah. like, what? What what could take it? What what kind of mo thing could like make this cocoon? And he goes, "Itsy bitsy spider." She should be like, "I need you to focus up, buddy." Like he always had those like off the cuff, yeah. Droll, like you droll. brought us out here. Don't fucking joke around. We could die. Yeah, it's an interesting reversal because she's usually yes, or almost always. You know, he's the one leaping already too. Well, obviously, it's, yeah, it must be this, and you know, she, you know, very methodically. Gives. Well, this is why that can't be this. Yeah. And this is when well, typically why she's wrong. But, but she is typically after. wrong. I like in this episode that they're all kind of on the same page. page. Like Scully's yeah. like, yep, yeah, this is some shit. He yeah. agrees. The only who do one who doesn't agree is the guy who's clearly the bad guy because he's like, when he shows up and he's like, you know, how much he hates conservation oh, and yeah, stuff. He's like, all right, yeah. he's a bad guy. Yeah, you know, he's toast. Yeah, he's going to die first. He's the, uh, what is the star, I'm also a Star Trek fan, and I'm failing right now. Oh, the, was that guy? The, you know, the, in... the guest star who always dies. Yes, he's totally like that. Yeah, yeah. that guy, like, you're numbered right there. Another cool, it's got, did you ever watch Lost? Yes. Man in Black, Titus Welliver, he's the uh... the environmental guy. He's like the man in black on the show. He's like the big, like... Oh, my God, that is him. Yeah. <gasps> Looking very different. Very different. And even, of course, that's him. Yeah. And that that, ah. that moment when he shows up and he, like, is talking about... I thought it was so funny where he's like, just, uh... Um, he's like, well, be afraid of the dark or whatever. He says something very, like, vague. Mm -hmm. I would be like, uh, there are green floaties killing people. If we're all going to die... Turn on the generator. Like, I always, he's like so cool and calm about it. I think he's kind of maybe just resigned about it. I yeah. Think he sees this as sort of the, the sort of sick sense of humor. Yeah. The what? universe would have. Like, okay, well, I'm, I make my life out of, you know, 
what do they call them? Monkey wrenchers. Yeah, they're monkey you know, he's wrenchers. Basically, an outlaw. Yeah. Except they're trying to do good. Essentially. Yeah. He gets stuck in someone else's mess with the people he's trying to already yeah. you know, uh, prevent from you know m- creating the mess. They're up there for their typical nice trip to the forest or whatever he says to her in the beginning. Oh, yeah. It's, it's nice going to be a nice trip to the forest. forest. And at the end, he says, I just told her it was going to be a nice <laughs> trip to the <laughs> forest. <laughs> and the guy, when he says that, and the, the doctor just kind of looks at him like, all right, great. Yeah. Uh, that's not helping anybody. Uh, yeah. He had um, uh, t- uh, Spinny. Spinny, right? Spinny. Spinny. Spinny's uh, the guy, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The uh, eco-terrorist guy. Oh, yeah, he's the Doug one who Spinney. says... Doug Spinny. Doug Spinny. Yeah, he says, darkness is our enemy. Like, don't be vague about this. Really spell it out. I love it, though, but then he, you know, when they're sitting out there against what's sort of the, the clear-cutting, that clear-cutting scene, before uh-huh. the douchebag goes off, and he's like, well, I'm going to go get Gets on the, get on the radio. And yes. he's like, oh, just let him go. Let him yeah. find out for himself. You know, he just chewing on... I don't know what he was chewing on. He was chewing on something and twisting it. Oh, was often. he? Yeah, yeah, like a piece of wheat or I yeah. have something weird. Uh, um, like a, what do you call those? To- like a toothpick uh-huh. or something. And he, he's like, you know, the only crime to investigate here is the death of the death of these trees. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I, lo- I love you. Yeah, that guy's awesome people. in this. Mm-hmm. Oh, this episode does a really good job of, it's weird because there's a, the bad guy, it, it builds like dread and tension even though the bad guys are just these green floaty things that kind of look like nothing but it's cool because you're never you can't beat them mm-hmm. and you there's no cure for them like even in ice there's a cure here right. there's no defeating them this episode is just about survival right they're just trying to get out they're never gonna win this thing and it does such a good job of slowly like like whenever a show shows a generator, mm-hmm. there's going to be a scene where lights start flickering and people start <laughs> freaking out. And this one definitely had that uh, a couple times. Um, so it's got that ticking clock. It's a, it's a very, like, you could still sort of feel the darkness slowly closing in on them the whole episode. Definitely. And that they're not really, I mean, they're, they do such a great job always with making these characters the 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 villains the whatever the thing that they have to overcome every episode right the uh, the obstacle yes even the most just basic sense the obstacle that is in the way of Mulder and Scully or the mystery whatever they always do such an amazing job at flushing it out and they do that even with these flies and they give you their backstory like character backstory like this is where they came from and now they've woken up hungry and you cut down our tree fuckers or whatever (laughs) tree fuckers and now you know we have to take care of some business yeah you're like well yeah but they just they framed it in this beautiful shot of these old growth trees being cut down and bad people and so you know they're not they're they're the thing that they have to escape from, survive from. They have to kill. They have to figure out a way to defeat it. But you you know you're almost, I mean you, I'm almost kind you're of, on their side. I'm rooting for them in a yeah. weird way. Like I don't want them to kill obviously the people I care about. Yeah, clearly, I thought it was characters, so. But like they're just doing what they do. Yeah, you know, the, and you just woke them up. They're not they're not actually being they're evil. Not, they're not trying to come after you personally. Yeah, you opened this. Yeah, you opened the Pandora's box. There's and now a, we're now the, we're out. There's a couple great moments with the green things. One. The, when they finally like zoom in on them and they look like little fleas or whatever, mm-hmm. I thought that looked cool. And the moment where they find out 
that they've been all over them the whole time. So creepy. And oh, Scully, they're freaks out. That's like no. the, Scully freaks out, and that's such a powerful moment because Scully never, never freaks out. out. Mulder freaks out. Mulder's emotional. Scully is always with it. So that's why that moment is so cool. It's like devastating. She's all like bummed. Oh, so scary. It's great. They've been there the whole time. And then placing the trust in Spinny to come back with the truck, too. See, that's another cool thing. It's I was, very un... I don't know if it's an un-Mulder thing to do. Well, this is what... They said, I was reading, um, I've been reading reviews of this, and Zach Hanlon on AV Club said, you know, they all sort of talk about how Mulder ultimately is kind of optimistic. He thinks he can do something about these big conspiracies and, like, get at, actually mm -hmm. change stuff. And they say Scully's, you know, a skeptic. I mean, that's that's how she is. This, this episode we just talked about called EBE, and that really, like, puts that in contrast where Scully's like none of this is real and Mulder's like no it's real so he sort of needs to believe he needs it to be real and he said there's that scene where they fight where uh, Scully like yells at him for trusting mm -hmm. Spinney and that's a great scene together that they have where she's like we're gonna die he's like we're not gonna die and this is what Zach Handel from AV Club said he says this is the other side of his optimism the part that makes up for his occasional arrogance and bullishness he really does think things will work out for the best in the end Scully's skepticism is based in part on a desire to protect herself. Every time we have a belief, we make ourselves vulnerable because a belief is something we can lose. Mulder just chooses to embrace his beliefs and not give a damn about the consequences. It's why he keeps trying again and again to find proof of, well, everything to a world that has shown itself unwilling uh, to accept anything that happens outside the sightlines. And so why Scully comes to support him with such intensity out of respect and admiration for a passion she can't allow herself to share. So... That sounds like a thesis paper. That's yeah. amazing. There's wow. a lot of like great X-Files reviews out there that really get into this stuff. And I think that's that really sort of highlights Mulder. It's like such a nice guy that he's like, yeah, all right, go. Take the car. Take right. the gas. And it's a stupid move because right. they run out of gas. But that's kind of, I guess, how Mulder is. is he's kind of a softy. Scully's the hard one. He is a total softy. Yeah. And what I think, too, is, I don't know, maybe completely coincidental, you know, but his on a most sort of stereotypical basic term, you know, his search for little green men, right? Yeah. This, verif this, you know, verification that he's, that his faith is justified, yes. right? And they even, you know, there's only really, and this was one of them actually a handful of times I can remember where she actually sees what he sees. Yes. I mean, typically it's like, he, I've got it, and she's just a second late from seeing the ship go up or whatever it right. is. And so she's still back to, well, I have no proof, you know? Right. And, she, like, the, trips the on the is, way to the aliens. Yeah. She's like, oops, you know, yeah. this. Um, and with tombs as well, actually, both. Yes. She's able to actually, as far-fetched as whatever it might be, she, they both are actually able to have their point of view seen and heard literally on by, by each other and also just from what actually is occurring in front of them. And as far as the fact that the little... Uh, Little mites or whatever were little green mites. I mean, that's yeah, <laughs> they could have made them any color, really. No, yeah, you know, green mites. Really, really green, you know, and it's like a villain on a really on a micro level. This yeah. Little 
coming from the sky. Yeah. Coming to attack. Yeah. I mean, I'm just making this up as I go. No, but, but it I like that. Cool. I also like green <laughs> is the color of nature. Mm-hmm. So it's like nature fighting us. I mm-hmm. thought of like my wife Emily always talks about it. She loves when, you know when you're walking down a sidewalk and you see <clears throat> the roots of a tree have started uh-huh. pushing up against the sidewalk? Yeah. And she's always like, that's nature fighting back. And I kept thinking of that image when I was watching this episode. This is like nature f- like pushing right. back yeah. against us. And uh, X-Files has a ton of these like awesome themes and that this is one that we see a few times I think like you you mentioned Detour does that mm-hmm. and what you were saying I really like obviously when they disagree with each other but I also like when they both see the same thing and then you can see how differently those two characters handle right. this thing where Mulder's a little more trusting and Scully's a little more like she she freaks out in this episode yeah she does hard yeah um and yeah, they, you know, it confirms his his whole nature, his whole objective really is to is to prove his faith is yeah. justified and hers I think she, you know, it's I, well her whole the whole purpose of her being even assigned there was to uh, debunk him. Right. And she keeps finding herself not quite able to debunk him. Right. And that's just a that's just such a great it's just a great push and pull again, you know, adds for the inevitable chemistry that that would cause because yeah. they do desperately want to be able to see the thing from each yeah. other's point of view and they can't quite do it because it's not in either one of their natures too. Right. They're perfect for each other. The, the, which and is, they're I mean, perfect for a show because yeah. if one person convinces the other now there's no tension there's no left. Tension. I thought their argument when they're talking about I found it I found Mulder so infuriating there because she's like you fucking put us in the situation right. you give the gas away and then he says like you're right, and we're wasting time arguing about it. Like, I hate when people do that. We're like, and we're wasting No, you fucking admit you were wrong, <laughs> and then we'll move on to the next thing. But right, right now, right. you say you fucked up. Yeah, you went rogue. Yeah. You didn't include, yeah, exactly. Uh, that's a cool thing where she says, I trust you. You should trust me, and we have to make these decisions together. She's not pissed that he let him go. She's pissed that he didn't consult with her. They're equal. They're partners in this. They are. I think that that definitely becomes with each episode more and more solidified. I mean, by, I mean, he's naturally going to be a little bit weary of someone whose whole purpose there is to basically undo his work. Yes. You know, but she's never been his enemy. That's what's so... Right, right from the first, when Mm -hmm. they first uh, meet in the pilot, there's like this, I think the actors really like each other and that goes such Mm -hmm. a long way in sort of, there's scenes like, there's one scene in this one where they're just alone at night talking and there's a scene in the next one, Tombs, when they're in the car that we'll get to. Uh-huh. If it's yeah. a scene of just the two of them hanging out and talking, that's the best. The best. They're so great together. I know. I love them. Um, the Then the uh, another moment I liked was the... <clears throat> I thought it was so cool where they sort of see the dead guy in the car, the bad guy. One thing that's cool is this... Uh, I thought this episode, each of the supporting cast was pretty well-defined. Even yeah. if they're sort of one-dimensional, there's the bad guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, then there's the cop who's sort of a good guy, but he's sort of in the middle. And then there's the conservationist guy. Right. I thought they each had a very defined point of view. Mm-hmm. And then when they go, they see the dead guy in the car. He's in the cocoon. And then they have to get into a car and drive. I thought that was such a scary thing where you're like, oh, we just saw a dead guy in a car. And we right. kind of have to do what he tried to do, but succeed this time. And they kind of don't. They end up in the cocoon. It's a really scary ending. 
Yeah. That, I did not expect that. I didn't expect them to end up in a cocoon, and I was very sad that Spinny ended up getting spun out in the middle of nowhere. Because he, he actually did the honorable thing. He did keep his word. He came back. Well, he he could have gone. He just could have kept going. Yeah. But he gets yeah. kind of hoisted on his own petard because he's got those like things yeah. that kill the... I just wanted to use that phrase in a podcast. Petard? Have you heard that? No. Hoisted by your own petard? Are you, have you heard petard? it? You have Petard. It's a real term. Petard. <laughs> that is amazing. Listen, I'm not happy that it sounds the way it sounds, but it's real. I'm going to Google no. this right now. Can't, can't be upset about a, something sounds. Here. Uh, but it's it's now going to be my favorite word, and I'm going to use it all. The <laughs> <time>. <laughs> Petard. Petard, yeah, it's uh, I think it's something. There it is. Oh, hoist one's own petard. There it is. Anyway, so now let's use that every day. Petard. Um, and uh, they so they they get they they end up in the cocoon and they end up in the ET tents at the end. Remember in the end of yeah, ET when there was white tents? Too. Yeah. Yeah. Then the ET tents at the end. I thought mm -hmm. that I don't like seeing Mulder and Scully like that, where they're like defeated. They kind of lose in this episode. They get out. They go to the doctor, mm -hmm. and uh, it also sort of speaks to the government's arrogance, where the government is like, "Yeah, we're just gonna fucking kill these green things." And Mulder's like, "What if we don't succeed?" And he says, "What does he say?" He says, "Failure that, is not an option." That, that is not an option, <laughs> Mr. Mulder. <laughs> not an option yeah, yeah. It's such a scary ending. It is scary. It'd be great if like the season and the series ends not with like aliens killing, <laughs> but just like these green fucking insects. green things. Yeah. Oh my god, why didn't they do that? Yeah. That so oh, it would have been so great. But it's sort of <laughs> goes into like Mulder's like you know hating the government because they're like yeah we're just gonna fucking kill these things they did that with Ice too yes they did that with Ice too very similar episodes mm -hmm. when was the last time you saw Ice oh recently you saw it recently because I, I was I like you remember it so well this one of my two happy place shows that I watch over and over what's over. the other one Star Trek Next Generation ah great show <laughs> there was a little overlap between these two <laughs> there, there yeah is. great show yeah yeah I'm like, uh, oh, that's the one where, uh, oh, that's Data's Day. Awesome. Or, oh, that's Menage Troy. Like, I don't even yeah. have to see him, and I just know by the cues. Menage Troy. If I ever meet, I'm going to say Jean-Luc Picard, but he has a real name. It's Patrick Sir Patrick Stewart. Stewart. Oh, I my will God. cry. I love him. Have you met him? No. Yes! Oh, my God. But he won't remember it. I waited on him once when I was 18. <laughs> where? Was he already Picard? He was at, well, yeah, because yeah, that was... That that yeah. started in the eighties, and then it was it was in the eighties, yeah, yeah, like late eighties, and then it ended in right around when the X Files started, I think. And so this was, I was. Was he nice? Oh my God, he was so nice, and he was so just so beautiful, and he yeah. was sitting at this was in the back of like the back of the restaurant, and I walked over. I mean, I saw him, and like okay. You know, I think that's your section. You gotta, you know, wait. I'm like, oh, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't. I'm like, no, seriously, seriously, I can't, I can't. Yeah. I was psycho. I'm like, no, you have to go. Don't just, you know, they have their policy. Like, basically, don't be a dick or I just, they're not gonna come back. You know, yes. don't be a fan because they're gonna get scared. Yeah. They just wanna eat and be left alone. I'm like, yeah. right, right, right. So I, you know, I waited on him the whole thing and I almost got through until I handed him the check and I just, oh man, I, I just have to say, I, I'm just a really big fan. I'm sorry. Yeah. Right before he has to give you the tip, you say yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. Great, like, great oh, move. Uh, you know, thank you, thank you. You know, but uh, I'm John Luke Picard. <laughs> it's like an accent. I think he did give me a good tip, actually. Yeah. I would have remembered it not being a good tip. So yeah. I was going to say it was a great tip. And you know what? It wouldn't have mattered anyway, because I'm like, I met you, and I love you. Oh, he's the, the best. The best. Sir Patrick Stewart. <laughs>
Um, another thing about this episode that I thought that was a bad... Uh, so I've, I've been reading these uh, reviews by this guy, Darren Mooney, on the movie blog, and he puts it really well. He, I like X-Files episodes where the bad person is like, there's something mysterious. Mm-hmm. And the, he says, there's a sense of America as a haunted and ethereal realm and a sense the European settlers are still r- newcomers who don't know the land half as well as they think they do. Part of Darkness Falls seems romantic about the idea that there are things lurking in dark and damp forests waiting for an opportunity to strike out at us one last time before they are safely wiped off the face of the planet through a combination of controlled burns and pesticides. And he says, uh, Carter seems to write Darkness Falls as a eulogy for a wilderness that is still wild, for a part of the world that is, to quote the Wilderness Act of 1964, untrammeled by man, where man himself is a visitor who does not remain. The world is shrinking all the time, and the monsters have fewer and fewer corners in which to hide. And I think that's a theme you see in the X-Files a bunch, is like, because of the rise of the internet and all this stuff and globalization, these like weird fucking corners where these weird fucking monsters hide are like going away. Like the episode Home is a lot about mm-hmm. that, and this episode that is a little bit about that terrifying, too. Terrifying. That That's a great episode. Terrifying. Yeah. Great episode, and it's all about like these guys finding these weird corners, shining a light on them, and then sort of killing their beauty a little bit. I thought I thought that was really. Uh, that is interesting. Yeah, really interesting. Because well, it, it does both, right? I mean, th- as a as a series, it it exposes. It definitely deals with encroachment on a lot of levels. Yes. You know, human encroachment, ha- and you know, and then you go from there. Encroachment in forests, encroachment in, in other people's lives, encroachment of violence, just encroachment. Yes. Right? And this sort of claustrophobic feel that you get sometimes, that they're literally being spied on, listened to. Yes. With them and us as well. Everything just gets tinier and tinier. Yes. Um, yes. But then... You know, also shining a light on some the idea of the monster, the idea that something is going to get you, your fears basically, and making it a, um, it's a not an allegory. It's a and maybe it is. Allegory. Yeah, it is kind allegory. of. Yeah. It's a. What's the other word I'm, I can't think of right now? It's not a metaphor. It's an allegory. It's an yeah, allegory. It's, it's an, an allegory. allegory. Yeah, it really you know, we're is. Gonna, we're gonna take something that you would naturally be afraid of, even the basic, even the basic setting of. I'm alone in the woods. Even like Blair Witch, for example, is another. Yeah. You know, uh, the idea of taking someone's w- the darkness is very scary for a lot of people. Yeah, yeah. And in this, imagination can fill in way worse, I think, most times than yeah. you actually end up seeing ever. You know, it becomes yeah. this way of combating that that fear. So they do both. I think. I think they deal with the metaphorical monsters and the real ones that are actually out there killing people yeah they're killing people some killing them because they simply want to kill people but uh, others just doing what they do which is what these guys are it's a it's cool that the you know they didn't have a lot of crazy special effects so it's just these green Mm -hmm. things floating around it's very effective Mm -hmm. at that scene that we talked about where they're all over scully and all over everybody it's like a really scary um episode so i looked up afterwards um oh i wrote theme of the x-files retreating monsters uh Chris Carter said, so what I do is I also look up what the creators and the writers said about it years mm-hmm. later. He was pleased with this episode. I think it turned out to be one of the most successful episodes because it was a good idea. And I think the special effects, which were these bugs, really stole the show. Um, and this episode had a Nielsen ra- rating of 8.0. So I, well, I've been talking about the ratings. Mm-hmm. And so they start off pretty good, then they go down during the first season, then they go up. And this is what I found out about it is in the the message boards of the time. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, just wanted to let you all know that Darkness Falls posted the highest ever ratings for the X-Files. So this episode, up to that point, had the highest ratings of any X-Files episode ever. And it's a good one. It's a good one. Yeah. But I can see why it would, too. It's very relatable. Yeah, just being it's out in the woods and in the scared. woods. And it, it's like, oh, we're going to do this. It's almost like a classic horror film setup. It then really we're going to completely subvert it and be our awesome, just amazing selves. Yeah. And do our, put our X Files spin on that classic tale of being trapped in some place yeah. scary that you can't get out of. Yeah. And you it's know. the darkness that's against you. Darkness. It's like, yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, before I move on, this episode, even though Chris Carter said he did not write it as a, a con- conservation message, it was nevertheless honored at the Environmental Media Awards, where it won the TV Drama Award in 1994. So the thing called the Environmental Media Awards, and they won. Um, oh, I also found this review. Someone emailed me and said that X-Files wasn't doing that well, and then there was a review in The New Yorker that was really, really positive. And this was from April 14th, 1994, and that, that, that this review kind of really made the X-Files a little legitimate. He says, uh, each episode is a mood piece, a queasy odyssey. It's television's first otherworldly procedure, although its ratings have been in the basement. The X-Files has been, pulling a, has been building a cult audience and has the makings of a classic. The X-Files is as scary as the Twilight Zone and much sexier. And he says, uh, what's erotic about the show is its slow progression from reverie to revelation, stopping just short of rapture. It wants to swoon, but swooning would mean shutting its eyes, and there is so much to see. I love that. These people write so well. They do. Well, they're, you know, they have to get paid to. This is what they do. I mean, is that a fan, right? That is the, that's from the New York Times, That's from the New Yorker. Yeah, James Walcott. That hack. Yeah. <laughs> anything, what do they know? Uh, he, he, he says their partnership achieves a rare parity between the sexes, a personal regard shown in subtle body shifts and a steady rebound of eye contact, which is what you were talking about. Mm-hmm. But what, what I was surprised was on the message boards that week, a lot of mixed reaction to this episode. A lot of people are getting like uh, poking holes in the story. They're saying, uh, why aren't the animals dead? Because there's birds and stuff around. They say that bad guy, you know, he gets stuck. He can't get out of the car mm-hmm. with, the, with the rock outside. Yeah. Why doesn't he get out the other side? People are he's saying. he's freaking out. Yeah, I know. He's panicking. I don't know I mean, why people are finding these holes. And that's then there's also. That's just looking for yeah. things well, to complain I'm about. noticing a lot more and more each week there's people who just watch it to try and poke holes. And they also say that the guy, um, Spoony, what's his Spinny. name? Spinny. Why does he get killed if he's in front of the headlights? Remember when the things come out? He's in front of the headlights. I don't know. So people are weird oh, about right. the show. But I'm gonna, I think I'm going to start a, a, a segment called Shipper Watch. <laughs> because here uh, people are now talking more and more about whether they're going to get together. I admit at first I wanted the characters of Scully and Mulder to develop a closer, perhaps sexual relationship. After reading over the posts on this topic, watching a few more episodes, and generally thinking things through... I'm going to have to revise my assessment. There is nothing sexual going on here yet, and nor should there be for at least some time. Perhaps love could develop between the two, but not for three seasons at least. (laughs) Realistic things take time, and I don't mind when things develop realistically, okay? And then he has an idea. He says, Scully could accidentally inhale an illicit alien aphrodisiac just as she and Mulder are locked in a prison cell or something. Should make for an interesting episode. Wow. Yeah. Great pitch. And then this guy. I, I, I totally disagree. That's yeah. sexual. Did you? That was there from the beginning. I mean, that was just, that was, I mean, neither one was going to, I think, do anything about yeah. it. Yeah. 
I mean, I think they were. If not, then I, I, I that's not hot for you. If that's not hot for each other, I don't know what is. I, I mean, bet the chemistry was. I bet the actors really flirty to each other. I think that's a lot of the energy you see is them sort of really genuinely having a lot of affection for each other. I mean, you'd have to. Uh, you I mean, get that sense. For nine months every day, all day. I mean, if you hate him. Then he's, there's another one to what you were saying. Did anyone notice in this episode that Scully and Mulder had their fair share of smiles and sideway glances? <laughs> uh, like in the office at the beginning, both were smiling away and glancing at each other. And when they were going to die, both looked like they were going to cry and say something mushy about the other. And then this one, this, was, this one turns into a big flame war. This is what happens. Okay. Is it my imagination or is Scully picking up weight? I saw. I recently watched the premiere, and it looks as if Scully may have gained five to eight pounds. She was pregnant. That's right. That's right. Uh, and then it's a huge she fight. Got fired for that. Like it was a big deal. Really? Yeah. It's a huge fight. People are like, "My goodness, what a horrible subject to bring up. Give me a break. This kind of post really pisses me off. All you're doing is promoting the already distorted view of the way women should look. Um, do us a favor and go jump in front of a train. And people are just fighting. And then someone says. Um, uh, to put this question to bed, yes, she is getting it. Why? Because Scully is pregnant. I'm surprised no one said this yet. So they talk about how she's pregnant. And then someone's like, what's the big deal with Gillian Anderson being pregnant? I doubt she'll look like she's carrying a baby carriage. And as long as it doesn't affect her work, then I'm really thrilled for her and her husband. After all, and now they're trying to figure out when the baby is going to happen. After all, if the baby was conceived on New Year's Day, the day she was married, it would only be four months and it wouldn't show that much. However, by the time they shot the first episode of next season, she'll probably be in her seventh or eighth month and then it would likely be visible. But all they have to do is show her and they have like ideas for how. Uh, the baby will hopefully have her good looks. And then say, I wonder what the baby would look like if it was Mulder and hers. Probably be a beautiful baby. But then again, all babies are beautiful. Great. So yeah, I think they're they're confusing, it, right? I mean, they're say, they keep saying Scully's. Yeah, it's know. Jillian Anderson. I mean, Jillian's. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it'd be weird if it did look like Duchovny. That would have been a scandal. Right? Did that you? Yeah. I mean, just a beautiful baby. <laughs> oh my god, beautiful baby. <laughs> did you, so you knew watching it that she was pregnant, huh? They do a good job hiding it. I, I thought it was obvious. I was yeah. Like, oh, she's clearly pregnant. Yeah, and you that's, know that that's. Obviously, like it was kind of a big story when it was happening. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I didn't know until after how much of an issue it was for them, and how, but how what a blessing it was ultimately for things that they subsequently. I mean, the story goes the story, to a great you know, place. How, yeah. Yeah, really great place. And the show tonally changed as well a little bit. I mean, it definitely yes. had. They they it was a uh, it was a great thing. I think. Yeah, no. Good job, Jillian. It'll play <laughs> you, when you guys get to next season. If you don't know what we're talking about, this stuff happens with Scully. That's really interesting. Really and good. Changes the show forever. Mm -hmm. uh, the next episode is Tombs, directed by David Nutter, uh. written by Glenn Morgan, James Wong. This is a team that's amazing that we've seen do a lot of X-Files episodes already, and they'll do a lot more. Uh, Victor Tombs. I, I thought this was a great episode, and I thought he was even better than Squeeze, which was the first time he shows mm -hmm. up. Um, his intro was so cool because they sort of are going down the thing and then you see his name and you're like, oh, that's that fucking guy. He's back and he's looking through the slit again. He's still trying to like figure out yeah. how to get out. And then he, he crosses the wrong finger. I thought that was a fun little weird thing mm -hmm. that they do. Um, and they're just going to let him out. 
I was that's crazy. They're just gonna let this guy out, huh? I wasn't even focusing on that as much as I was very intrigued by their color saturation in that episode. Yes. They were doing some really interesting things that I don't remember them doing up until that point. Even with his uh tea, it was blood red and then, you know, they were they had the red car was very vibrant that that Mulder was driving and the blue jacket that one of the guys that he wants to kill. Oh, yeah, blue jacket. Like yeah. Bright blue jacket and the woman was in bright blue. And his and eyes get yellow. His eyes get yellow and then they were, they, they literally made that did that uh, like sepia back and really push her yeah. in the foreground. They did it with all of them and I thought, yeah. oh, that's, and they did it again too. They did it, um, Somewhere else, I'm trying to freak. I'm trying to remember now. And I in this episode, or a different yeah, oh, where yeah. they pulled the colors out, where they yeah. really made a, a very strong distinction between what things look like through Eugene's eyes versus yeah. how the, everyone else sees the world, and it gets very vivid when he's hungry, basically when he when he's going to yeah. go into that. Uh, t- I'm going to attack mode. I think it shows sort of because the whole thing that they kind of talk about how he's more of an animal than a person. Mm-hmm. And I think that stuff really sort of drives that home. There's that where he picks up the rat and then he licks his fingers in an animal way and he like growls and stuff <laughs> and his eyes get yellow and mm-hmm. he looks at things and, you know, you yeah. just see the color that he's focusing on. It really sort of drives home how much of like an animal this guy is he's more of a monster than a human being he, he really has a human a name but he's yeah, yeah he's this he fucking a horrible monster monster yeah you know he's not and i would say because this goes against my argument before about the monsters or the quote monsters say in darkness falls when they're killing you know oh, they're, you're, they're you're on their side yeah you're you're like well they're just, that's just in their nature and you yeah. could make the same argument for eugene well it's just it's He's a mutant. It's in his nature to do what he's doing. But yeah. he's so, uh, there seems such a, an undercurrent of, uh, he's just menacing. Like, like malice. He's, he's malice. Yeah. yeah that there's, yeah. There's, there's a deep, there's a disconnect there. He's, a, he's an attack. He's a, he might be an animal, but he's. He's you know, very smart. He t- yeah, he's a. Uh, because there's uh, the, the one thing. He kills for f- a sport as well, a little bit. Like there's yeah, pleasure he, in it as opposed to just surviving. Well, when he kind of fucks Mulder, where he like attacks yeah. himself, makes it look like Mulder, like yeah. that's just a shitty move. That's just that's just him trying to fuck Mulder. Yeah. Mulder, I thought it was so funny. Mulder's whole strategy is I'm just going to follow this guy. Like right. I'm not going to try and hide from him. Like he just goes and parks his car right behind him. He's just like <laughs> hanging out with this guy. It's so weird. Um, um, and I thought this episode did a good job of w- Tombs making Tombs like the internal tussle that Tombs has where uh-huh. he's like, he needs to eat, he's an animal, but he also wants to, you know, sort of lay low for a little bit. I thought it did a good job of like showing that tension within him where he's he, he has to like control his animal urges. And then ultimately he can't and he just eats his fucking psychiatrist, the guy who <laughs> yeah. let him out. Yeah. And that's what it shows. He's just an animal. Like there's nobody on his side. This is the guy that got him out. And he's like, fuck this guy. I just need to eat. And he just can't control himself anymore. He had five kills, right? Five? Yeah, this well, was the fifth, fifth one. Yeah. And then this was the fifth one because you see four in uh, Squeeze, the, the previous episode that he's in. Yeah. So, yeah, that was, um, I mean, that's really an, an imperative at that point. Because if he gets, well, that's the thing, too. You know, he gets caught, like, for a minute there or a little bit. He's like, okay, I'll, I'll, try, to, I'll try to act normally so that I can not be put back in prison to where yeah. I can't do the thing that I need to do, which is regenerate. And then he's out. And then it's, you know, it's on, you know, so he's, 
it shows a it shows a level of intelligence there. Yes, um, you know, definitely a malignant and intelligence, but nonetheless, yeah, planted out. Yeah. Cunning, 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 cunning. And you can see that his cunning is sometimes at odds with his animal nature because he can't quite control himself. This episode is also um, uh, really, it's the first time Skinner shows up. This is the first time Skinner shows up. Skinner. He's so fucking great. And he becomes such a huge part of the show in that scene. Mm-hmm. I think that scene is so good where he's got Scully in there and he's talking about, like, are you suggesting the Bureau should have separate standards for you and Agent Mulder? And he, he, this is your only sa- saving grace when she says that they have a 75% mm-hmm. rate of right. you know, solving their crimes, which is a huge percentage. But I thought it was cool because Cigarette Smoking Man is there. And you can kind of tell that Skinner doesn't like Cigarette Smoking mm-hmm. Man. And that he's kind of not really on their side, but you know, there's the part where he takes his glasses off and he sits next to Mulder like, listen, buddy, just take a vacation or whatever. He's trying to be his right. friend. I thought it really showed that there's this guy who doesn't seem to have patience for their, like, you know, them chasing these random monsters and X-Files and the crazy shit that they're saying. But he's right. also trying to do the right thing. And he's got the cigarette smoking man back there, you know, sort of looking over him, looking over his shoulder. But he doesn't like that guy either. I, you sort of really see what a conflicted character Skinner is right from the beginning. And he's so badass. He is a badass. And you're right, you know, Cigarette Smoking Man is literally looming over him. Yeah. But again, that show definitely has that aspect always, I think. There is something looming yeah. over them. There's, there's a, some there's sort a, of conspiracy a going conspiracy. on. Conspiracy. It's just blanket. Yeah. It just gets you know, damper and darker. Yeah. Them, and they keep trying to... And heavier. You know, heavier. And he, and he even says that at the... Uh, at the end, that things are changing. You know, that is such a great moment. Mm-hmm. He says things, a change is coming because he's looking at like a, a pupa. The caterpillar. Yeah. yeah, the caterpillar. And things will change coming up soon. I thought that was such a great little ending. A lot of people on the message boards are talking about that. Um, with Skinner, he's got this energy when I watch him where it's sort of, he's so scary that when he's young, it seems like you. Like getting pulled in the principal's office, you yeah. know, when they're just like looking at you and you're yeah. like, I don't know. He's so <laughs> yeah. fucking scary. He's got such a great like, and you know, he's right, too. That's what's cool about him. Yeah. He's, he's not pointing out anything that's he's not doing anything that's not pro- appropriate, you know. And again, yeah. he ends up being in that position, I think, from the get go of having to choose between what he's supposed to do, yeah. what he needs to do, versus what probably is the better... What, what, what's the right what, thing what's to do. What's the right thing to do. Yeah, and because Mulder, even if you're on his side, he's a terrible employee. Mulder's <laughs> yeah. a horrible guy to have working for you. Just like a, yeah. a terrible attitude, kind of a piece of shit, you know? <laughs> like that moment. Okay, so he... So they're going to... The, oh, sorry, go on. Go, on, go, go ahead. No, is this the first time that we see Mulder sleeping on the sofa? No, we've seen it once before. before. It's cool, right? Yeah. He doesn't go into his bedroom. (laughs) That's this awesome moment that sort of ties into how Mulder is, even in the last episode where he's kind of trusting, and he's like, truth is all that matters, where he has to do a presentation to convince these guys not to let tombs out. Mm -hmm. And Mulder's presentation starts with, these murders span over a century. (laughs) And they're like, you motherfucker. It's already out. Whenever, You know whenever it's like Mulder on the stand, it's just going to help the bad guys. Like his presentation... Presentation is always going to end with the bad lawyer going, um, no further questions, like <laughs> yeah, smugly. Exactly. And then when he comes out and Scully looks at him, he's like, do you think they would have believed me more if I'd worn a gray suit? Like, <laughs> he knows he's being ridiculous. But to him, you know, the truth is all that matters. And the tension of this episode that I think is so cool is 
Um, Skinner is telling them you got to use conventional methods. Mulder is completely unconventional methods. Right. And this episode is Scully deciding to go with unconventional methods. There's a lot of times where with the old detective where mm-hmm. they're talking about going with the hunch mm-hmm. and that kind of stuff. I think this is a great episode for Scully because she to- chooses the right path, the right thing to do over, as you said, what she should be doing. Right. Yeah, she's uh, the hunch with the teeth. Yeah, the hunch Which thing. Which ends up breaking the whole thing open for them. Yes. And having that, that tangible proof. What ultimately ends up becoming kind of pointless anyway because they end up just following him to his his tomb his, his fu- tomb his tomb <laughs> you know in the fucking under the, uh, under escalator, the escalator in the mall that's yeah, so scary what's great is she actually got to see him that time yes barely and i really made i paid attention to that because she keeps saying you know Mulder, what's going on Mulder, what's happening i'm older you okay you know come up but she doesn't see him pulling on her he does she doesn't but until she gets him up and then his little weird head pops out and then, yeah. of course, the blood. And so she, yeah. you know, she's she like, knows oh, okay. what's up. Yeah. She actually can physically see, yes, this is the same. I mean, yes, besides the scientific evidence of the teeth, she can actually see the monster in action in yeah. real time and not just get there a minute late. Yeah. After Eugene is, you know, toast on the escalator somewhere, you know, that she's like, oh. Yeah, she knows. And I think it's good. It's just another episode where they're allied. And I Mm -hmm. thought it was cool where Mulder's sort of in the present looking at what's happening right now, harassing, basically harassing Eugene Toombs, following him around. Mm -hmm. And Scully's sort of working on the past. Like she's trying to solve the old murders. Mulder is trying to prevent new murders. So Mm -hmm. I thought that really worked in tandem. And I thought Scully's chemistry with that old detective was really good. They worked really well together. And all that procedural stuff, like that's the shit you see on CSI and Bones now all the time. X Files was doing it before Way all before. of them. Yeah. yeah. I know. So great. Yeah. And I love that they brought oh, and the uh what's his name? I don't uh the the cop who ends up showing up at Mulder's house saying, you know, we need to have you yes. to bring you in was Dr. Faraday, right? Dr. Faraday from one of my other all-time favorite episodes when they're... Um, oh, is that right? Uh, the Quee... Uh, Quee-quag one? Uh, yeah. When he's he's the scientist going off about the frogs disappearing. Oh, is that right? That, uh, what's that episode called? Uh, um, uh, Quagmire. Quagmire. Yeah. Yeah, that's a great episode. I'm they brought excited him about... back. They've recycled a few over the years. It's yeah. nice to see him back. Well, I just saw an episode called Gender Bender, and Crycheck is in it, not playing Crycheck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Crycheck is awesome. Crycheck. Um, but um, yeah, so I think Mulder's presentation again shows his like, purity and optimism, you know, where he's like, he's just going to do his unorthodox meta- methods because he thinks that's the right thing to do. And But even like, I thought, you know, there's those two old people who are at the hearing mm-hmm. who are like gonna uh take in tombs like that's what they yeah, do what is up with those uh, just who would do that who though? would do that because just at a base level like he's just super creepy, creepy. Yeah. just at a base level like if you put an ad for roommates on craigslist and that guy showed up you'd be like i don't know if there's anything wrong with you but you've got a bad vibe <laughs> and your eyes are sometimes yellow right. so we're not gonna go with you why would they i mean because that guy also in real life is a creep you remember he married that 16 year old girl oh no yeah this guy doug hutchinson married courtney stodden who was 16 and he was Ew. 50 and there's uh, a great this this is a great up uh, so scully and Mulder. well Duchovny and Anderson did a Q&A last year. 
And they asked uh, Anderson who her favorite uh, monster of the week was. Yeah. And this is her, this is what she said. She said, my favorite monster of the week used to be, well, I would normally answer that would be Tombs. But on the first episode that we shot, it was my birthday when we were shooting it. I turned 25 and Doug offered me a birthday present to come to my hotel room. And I did not take him up on it. And I'm very grateful now that I did not take him up on it. And then Duchovny said, he offered me the same thing and it wasn't even my birthday. <laughs> so he tried to fuck Jillian Anderson, pregnant Jillian Anderson. Wow. So this, I mean, that's fucking, he just was like, hey, I'll help you celebrate your birthday. I'll come to your Ew. hotel room. Oh. So super gross. But then that's, that sliminess works so well in the episode because he's such a fucking gross, nibbling, weird guy. And he's great in this episode. He's, he's the best, best, really, like the best monster they had in terms of in. In an actual person. Yes, he really is. You know, yeah, he is terrifying, even yes. more than uh, oh, Don Fester. Yeah, Donnie he's Fester. Also, yeah, he's yeah. creepy. Donnie, I, I like that guy yeah. too. Yeah, he's uh, creepy. That's a, irresistible. Is the episode yeah. he first shows up, right? Yeah, that's a Donnie Faster. That's a great episode. How do you like your hair? I can't even do his voice. Cause this, yeah, the hair thing. Oh, is your hair. I can't. He's great. Is your hair dry or? Because, oh, see, that guy is a fucking freak. But yeah. this guy is, like, he'll do anything. Like, he'll crawl through the toilet to uh. get you. And then they have the lock on the toilet. Why is that a thing? Why do they have a lock oh, on the toilet? The kids, maybe? Oh, do they do that? Apparently. I mean, I my parents didn't have that. Right? Yeah. You know, if you drown in there, we told you not to go in there. Yeah. <laughs> if you, you know drown I mean? in there, eh, like... we'll tell people you drown, drown in the pool. <laughs> We're not going to say you drown in the toilet. <laughs> um, again, this one uh, has a great, great scene of the two of them in the car when they're on the again, stakeout. Hot for each other. Hot for each other because yeah. there really is. She's she, They're making jokes because he's like, uh, she gets him like a liverwurst mm -hmm. sandwich, she says. And then she calls him Fox. And this is my, one of my yeah. favorite favorite lines which he calls him fox and he's like i even made my parents call me Mulder." <laughs> yeah so funny and it sort of shows that for Mulder, there is no separation between personal life and professional life he's just Mulder all the time he calls her dana and to them to him that's like you know uh, uh they're getting closer that's there's a personal correct con connection her mom calls her dana but Mulder is always Mulder, and that's like such a great difference between those two scully has a little bit of a personal life Mulder sleeps on the couch he's always just fucking yeah. doing the X-Files, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I even made my parents call me Mulder. I thought that was so, so funny. Great. And she says, You're Mulder, so I wouldn't uh, put myself on the line for anybody but you. And she, he says, if there's an iced tea in this bag, in that bag, it's it could love. be love. It could be love, yeah. yeah. And she's like, must be fate. It's root beer. <laughs> such great, That's they have such a great chemistry great together. Dialogue. Such a great chemistry. And I thought this one was good because last time in Squeeze, they put Scully in trouble. This time Mulder's a little bit in trouble because he like breaks into Mulder's house. And then mm -hmm. he like, with his, he he, with just his finger. So gross. What a fucking horrible Psycho. monster. Psycho. Um, and then the foot, too. Oh, he, yeah, he's he, got a foot. He, he took his foot and then put it on his face, right? He had no shoe with the shoe print to put a shoe print on his face. Yeah. And then dislodged his shoulder. Yeah. Total psychopath. Yeah, he's just a monster. He just does that to fuck, fuck with, with him. Fuck with Mulder. Because it actually has nothing to do with him. No, he, he could kill a guy. 
Yeah. Yeah, Mulder can't do anything to him. He's just fucking with him. And then Mulder gets pulled into Skinner's office again. And that's when Skinner takes off his glasses. He's like, you're one of the finest, most unique agents. You know what I noticed? And I've noticed this later, too. Skinner is really badass at putting his glasses back on. Notice that next time he puts his glasses back on in a really badass way, which is a hard thing to do because it's glasses. Yeah, he's got this. Yeah, he's got a. Yeah, it's really badass. And he's such a great character. Um, Yeah. uh, The apartment building is torn down. Now it's a mall. So again, that's about change. It's about the old ways going. It's about encroachment. Mm -hmm. I thought that's such a great um, theme of the X-Files. Keeps coming back over and over. I'm surprised that that Carter said that there was never any, you know, he wasn't intending to... Put out an environmental message with with any with, with that episode, and then I I don't know if it changed with subsequent episodes, but that's a huge message. And if it wasn't oh, him, yeah. then maybe it was Howard Gordon or somebody was influencing that because that that to me was one of the huge themes. It was yeah. encroachment. Yeah. Yeah, encroachment of space, privacy. Uh, um, yeah, I mean, yeah, you know, encroachment by yeah. the government into your rights. Yeah, this, encroachment in your privacy, yeah. encroachment. Uh, too many people. Yeah, things that's that come right. out. Oh, and they did it again with um, the the, uh, the 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 woman, the like cave woman, that girl, that woman who lived in the forest and Jersey Devil. Is Jersey Devil. Yeah. There you go again. Yeah. Forest encroachment. There's you know. Yeah. Another There's example. a sense that these monsters, are, obviously, like you said, tombs is not like that. But the these monsters are just pushing back. They're being pushed and they're just pushing back. That's what happens in Home. If you watch Home which is an amazing episode, they don't really do anything against anybody outside until their home is invaded. That's why right. it's called home. Uh, same with the green bugs in the previous episode. Same with um, Detour, that episode. It's mm-hmm. a lot of this thing of like, we're just living our lives. You are fucking with us, so we're going to push back. Um, that scene that you were talking about with them under the escalator, so creepy. The way he crawls, it's all like sort of herky-jerky. Yeah, he's all he's slimy. Yeah, just his own bile. bile. That's so just his bile. Here's another thing that'll show you that this is a c- creepy guy. Um, Doug Hutchinson, who's the actor, married the 16-year-old. Doug Hutchinson protested when he was informed he would be clothed in his final scene, believing nakedness at this point made much more sense for the character he was portraying. He even refused to wear a G-string. Ew. Therefore, at his own suggestion, <laughs> Hutchinson played the scene while nude. He later recalled in regards to filming the scene, they covered me with carrot syrup and food coloring, and it was cold. I kept sticking to the walls. And they talk about how Mulder had to get into this small space with this naked guy. And Chris Carter said that he refused to even put clothes on in between takes. So he would just be hanging out completely naked, covered in this And this, this guy's not in jail? This is just his vibe. He married a 16-year-old. Yeah, but now? But how long ago was that that he married? The 16-year-old? Yeah. Three years ago? It was a big story, and then they're now divorced. But Again, she, I go back to, and Why he's is he not, not in, in jail? jail? Though he's just out and about. No, but, have, no, but legitimately, how is he not You jail? can get permission from your, from their parents to her marry. parent would let their 16-year-old marry? You should look up this girl. She was this crazy, highly sexualized 16-year-old, but also very religious, which is a... Such a strange mm. combination. So hyper Christian talks about Jesus and shit a lot, but is sixteen and like wears nothing. Um, it's a weird combination, and it happens with certain people. Wow. It was it was kind of interesting and fucking weird and and very 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 creepy. Um, and then there's that scene at the end where he says, Mulder says, uh, "Change for us, it's coming." How do you know? 
a hunch. Again, they're going with their hunch, and I thought the other great exchange happens at the end with Skinner and Cigarette Smoking Men, where Skinner looks at the file and he goes, "Do you believe them?" And he goes, "Of yes, course, of I, course do. I do." Yeah. Such a great moment, and it's setting up that there's this. It's setting up these machinations, like you said. There's this blanket, and like things are happening. Something's gonna happen. Cigarette Smoking Man is involved. Um, a thing I thought was really interesting about the cigarette smoking man was that he was just cast in the first episode in a in a silent part. They didn't know he was coming back. William B. Davis, who plays the cigarette smoking man, said, "You know, he just did the first part. It wasn't until February that I heard from them again, and then it was for a completely different role altogether. Well, maybe it was a different role. The character in the episode, Young at Heart, was not only a CIA agent, but apparently they wanted me to play the role in case they should decide he was the same person as the smoking guy in the pilot, though this character didn't smoke." So they just had him back on, be like, maybe we'll do something with this. And then they just kept having him back until he became such an important part of the show. Yeah. He became, in a way, the major antagonist of the show. Oh, totally. And he was just cast as this. He talks about in one where they were all. puppeteer. Yeah. Always. They were nervous to, like, get him back and give him lines because they were like, we just cast him because of the way he looked. We didn't know if he could act. So (laughs) he was like, the first day that he had an acting scene, they were really nervous because they're like, we, like, built up this big mythology around this guy. Hopefully he can pull this off. And that guy's great, William B. Davis. He's so great. He's so creepy. Turned out to be Awesome. Awesome. Uh, same yeah. with Skinner. Skinner was just a guy that cast in one episode. I'd gone in and read for Chris several times before for other episodes, different characters. And at the time, I was shaving my head. And I didn't remember this at all because I had a talk with him when it was at the rap party. He said uh, 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 that the reason he didn't get the part was because his hair, head was shaved. And then when he grew his hair back, what little hair he had left, and he was like, okay, now you look okay. now you look cool. But he always had bald hair. Yeah, but he sort of has a little bit a little, of... Oh, he shaved all of them? It was like Kojak. Yeah, he was like completely shaving his <laughs> head. And he said uh, he did that one episode, I he figured. it up. Yeah, crazy, right? <laughs> yeah. And I figured, well, that was fun, that and was that's it. Coconuts. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't hear anything from them until the end of the season, and then they came back after the hiatus, and they were like, do you want to do eight episodes next season? And he said, sure. And then at the end of the second season they like signed him on to like a six-year contract and it just what a great i mean you just that's so great that's the the dream isn't it dream like you don't have to go through any of the crazy testing and all the crap you just kind of fold in and they're like you know you're invaluable we like you you want to just stay forever yeah and skinner becomes one of the the most important, the most sympathetic and most interesting characters in all of X Files. You know, he you know. Being, oh, I'm sorry. Go on. No, you know where Mulder and Scully stand. With with Skinner, you're never a hundred percent sure what he's doing, what what side he's on. And it's funny you say you because that's actually what I was just thinking. And you used the word stand. I was thinking that for you know, for a while he was this sort of like. They became like a little tripod. Yes. But he was short, you know, and so yeah. the stands always wobbly. <laughs> he was wobbly. You know, you're like, well, we don't know yeah. if we should put all our weight on you because I yeah. don't know if we can trust you or not. And he becomes, they do end up becoming this this trinity of people. He's I mean, it was always Skulder and, and I mean, Skulder. That's yeah. it. Skulder. Skulder's good. Um, Mulder and Scully, but uh, he ends up, I mean, he definitely becomes, yeah. you know, a Major triangle. Because what he really exudes is the sense of, um, 
uh, what's the word? He's Swartz. Yeah, Swartz. but he seems like there's this dignity to him that he has this like the, the actor Mitch Pelleggi mm-hmm. or Pelleggi, however you say it, has this quality of like righteousness mm-hmm. about him. He always feels like he's on the right side, even when he's not doing the right thing. There's like an integrity to this guy. Yeah, and you feel that right from the first you episode. Do. And when he has to do something he doesn't feel is right, he's. He seems very remorseful. Like well, I, I don't want to have to give you. Yeah, he does this. that. I don't want to have to say that you can't yeah. do this or whatever. I don't know how far. Yeah. You know, when he ends up doing that, you know, there's just whatever. I mean, think, he, he does this thing I, with I don't his know what mouth. I can say because I'm so I won't say. He does this thing with his mouth where he like sort of chews nothing before he says yeah. like when he doesn't want to do it. He does this in this episode where he kind of looks back at the cigarette smoking man and kind of like chews nothing and then looks at him. It's such <laughs> yeah. a great. He's yeah. so fucking great. Yeah. Um, Glenn Morgan said they wanted to do this episode because they didn't think Squeeze turned out right. And they got the idea. He said that idea came about when I was Christmas shopping at the Thousand Oaks Mall. And these guys were working the elevator. The base of the escalator is a metal plate. And you lift it up. And these guys were inside of it. And I thought that would be great if somebody lived down there. That's oh, how yeah. they got the idea to have him. Because it is such a creepy thing. You don't know what's going on down there. It's even weirder to me that they thought that Squeeze didn't come off right i love great episode i've noticed these guys glenn morgan james wong and also howard gordon and alex ganza are always very hard on themselves about their own episodes whenever whenever they look back on their episodes they always say that it that they didn't do a good job which i guess is like their process you know i wonder if howard gordon does that about homeland yeah i haven't seen the show but everyone loves that show yeah you need to get on that one. Uh, Wong said <laughs> we liked him a lot. He was voted best villain on the AOL computer network. Uh, the fans liked him and he was scary and we decided to finish him off. That was the show that David Nutter directed. We thought what a perfect combination. Mm-hmm. Um, they love David Nutter and David Nutter has gone on to direct like amazing, amazing stuff. Amazing episodes of uh, TV shows. And he was like 33 when he was directing this. Crazy. Well, she, well, in my mind, that she was she was 24 when she bought when she booked the job. Crazy, right? It was the yeah. only the second time she'd been on camera was the pilot in her life. The what only does the that second time. For? How do you give a major television role to someone who's never really been? I on don't TV? know. Fucking amazing. That's amazing. And she's so great on the show, she's right from the no, beginning. No one would have been better. Uh, another uh, Doug Hutchinson. There's another weird Doug Hutchinson fact. Before the creation of this installment, an altern an alternative sequel script to Squeeze. Uh, was written and submitted to 20th Century Fox by Doug Hutchinson entitled Dark He Was and Golden-Eyed. He submitted his own sequel, basically? He submitted a sequel after Squeeze that said it was called Dark He Was and Golden-Eyed. For legal reasons, the script was returned to Hutchinson without being read. How much, how awesome would it be to read that fucking script? This, like, Uh, weird, creepy guy. Where is that? I'm going to try and find it. Even (laughs) the name is, like, sort of, you know, uh, deifying himself a little bit. Dark he was and golden-eyed. God, that's um, epically creepy. I, uh, but no, the, I, yeah. These guys really love Doug Hutchinson. They say that he did an amazing job, which he clearly he did. did. He was he was great. Um, this episode had an 8.6 share, 8.1 million household, uh, highest so far, higher than um, the last one. So mm-hmm. now we see the X Files like gaining in popularity as it goes. Um, uh, author Neil Gaiman, who wrote Sandman, which is my favorite comic book series of all time, mm-hmm. he listed Eugene Toombs as one of his favorite monsters in a guest column for Entertainment Weekly's thousandth issue. Um, yeah, and they all talk about what an amazing uh, character he, he was. He was. He was a terrifyingly like, just creepy. 
real-time monster. As yeah. much as I love the... The oh, wait, bugs and the shit. S- wait, is that season one? The Space? One? Yes. The liver fluke man? The, <laughs> yeah, that's going to come up in season two. That guy's that's great. He- but that's like a monster monster. Yeah, that's yeah. my other favorite one yeah that one's a great one i love that one that one's coming up um so a lot of people on the message boards now are reacting to the ending where they're saying um what is the change that's going to happen what's going to happen people are always talking about that uh um wait where is it yeah things are gonna change foreshadowing to what is there a change in x files is the next episode the last episode People are guessing that the cigarette smoking man is an alien ingesting necessary particles stored in the cigarettes. This is the real theory that someone had. That, wow, that's that's not terrible. That's, no, no. Um, that, <laughs> and then this guy well, says something. Yeah, I'm just amazed that no one's that there are people who don't know who don't actually know what's that they've managed to avoid, especially in this day and age, they managed to avoid spoilers all the way well, around. Well, these are from... Well, those are from the original yes. time. Okay, yes. I thought this was from the new people watching it. Yeah. Okay. No, 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 this is from the old, old people. This is from the week. This is from 94. Oh, I see, I see. My bad. Yeah, so they're all guessing what's going to happen, and then this guy guesses, and uh, he gets in trouble. He says, from the last five minutes of this episode, I think major... Uh, changes will take place in the next couple of episodes, definitely within this season. Here's the three he has. A, Scully will be written out of the series. B, Scully will be separated from Mulder by the Bureau. C, Mulder and Scully's relationship will become intimate. He says, I think A or B are most likely because Gillian Anderson is pregnant and can't raise a kid and act full-time concurrently. And that... Everyone jumps on. Sorry, Pete, I hate to burst your bubble, but this is the end of the 20th century. The 21st century is rapidly approaching. Many of us are working mothers. We enjoy it and handle it really well. Blah, blah, blah. Please don't. Uh, if you don't want your wife or girlfriend working full-time or caring for your children, that's fine. Wow. It's for you two to decide without the interference of the rest of the world. Please don't try to make that decision for Gillian Anderson or for me. Uh, people are like, I look, I don't care what your personal beliefs are, but if you think the rest of the world operates according to this misguided assumption, then you really should take off the blindfold you've been wearing and look at the world as it really is. Uh, so yeah, there's a lot of fights happening about... A lot of fights about women and work. What I've been learning that's so great about the first season of The X-Files is how fluid it is and how these guys are sort of... There's no big plan yet in place, but they're mm-hmm. willing to construct a plan based on how things are going so you know they bring cigarette smoking man back Mm -hmm. they bring skinner back they're sort of getting ready figuring out what the show is and they're figuring out what you know what what the show is gonna be right and uh that kind of stuff you know it's the they they had to find a a a, a way to make that work and they really did and it's something that changes the show forever and in such an invaluable way i can't imagine what that i mean it would have been great because they're all they're so talented they would have be interesting to see what so that different. show would have, what trajectory, how that would have played out had had that not happened, you know, or happen rather. Um, um, so, like I said, go, Jilly. The <laughs> Yay, people Jilly. are making weird <laughs> guesses. They're like, okay, here's what the writers will do for Scully with Child. Scully's pregnancy will be a mystery, e.g., who's the dad? Fox suspects alien abduction and investigates to prove that Scully has been experimentally impregnated with human-alien combo DNA. Don't say anything. Uh, Scully, of course, will roll her eyes with suspicion, blah, blah, blah. Uh, yeah. 
people are making some pretty crazy guesses. Wow. And then this guy says... They're really creative, these people. Yeah, they have a lot of great ideas. Yeah. I have a rather odd theory of questionable taste, which I hesitate to post regarding how the pregnancy will be handled. If you email me for it, you were warned. I kind of want to email this guy now and be like, hey, what's your theory? Like 21 years later, I kind of want to know what this theory is that he's so scared to post on an online forum. He might poop himself a little bit. I <laughs> really? Yeah. I got a fuck. Maybe his email's Coming full there. circle. That's like putting a message in a bottle, throwing I, it in the ocean. Someone finds it. It's like, hey. Years later. Oh, I just got an email from you. Um, thank you so much for coming. This oh my is God, fantastic. Um, oh. Do you want to, what do you want to plug? What's your, your, uh, Oh no, I don't need to plug. No, no, no. This is all about X-Files. Your Twitter? I don't need to plug Twitter. I mean, I, yeah, I'm on Twitter. I'm yes. a as, just as me. But I don't know, no, no, no. This is all about. This is about this them. This is about them. Yeah, it is. Oh. Well, thank you so much for it's coming. Just, that know, was fantastic. Thank, thank, thank you for them. Thank you to them. Thank you to them. Thank you to them we for giving them forever. the best shows of all time Let's that I. Psychotically love. Psychotically love. Me too. Me too. Yeah. I, I, since I've been doing this, I, I was afraid, like, oh, is it going to feel like work? It's a joy. I, all I want to do is watch X-Files. I want to watch nothing Did but X-Files. Wait, was this your idea? I don't yeah. actually know the origin of how you... So you just no, thought to do this because it's a passion. and I just had... Yeah, I just kind of had the summer off, which then changed. But I was like, oh, um, I'll just watch the X-Files and talk about it. I've been sort of thinking about this for a few months. Yeah. And uh, I was like, I'll just start it. And then I did. And it's been like the reaction has been so amazing because I think people are waiting for the X-Files to like kind of come back. So the timing has been good. And people are really like listening to it and watching the show again or for the first time. Tell you, if they do a third movie, I just I want. We should be in it. We should be in it. Just yeah. Hanging out in the just lobby. a little bit. I just be a, I'd, I'd be a corpse. Yeah, I'll do. I'll be anything. mutilated corpse. Just just pan on me, and I'll look really happy. I'll be a happy corpse. Just smiling. Just smiling like woo! Dead. I made it. Yeah. Um, I I want like some legitimate, you know. Props. No, I, well, I don't. I don't want to give anything away by saying what I what I want to have what I want to have. Yeah. But I, you know what I mean. Yeah. The yeah. A scene. Um, just them fucking. Okay, there should be it. just like go. a porn. Well, no, I don't mean porn. I don't want porn. <laughs> just you know, they've they've managed to. Well, did be you watch very... the newest movie? I did. Yeah, you know, and there was. Yeah, that was that all? You know, that was a nice something. moment. Like, okay, so yeah. you're you're you're. No, yeah, nice. yeah, yeah. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. But they man, they like you, fucks. I. This is a twenty-year-old. Basically, boner. Yeah. That you've, you've, yeah. Why are you denying me? We've had blue balls for so blue long. Blue balls. That's yeah. it. That's what I'm looking for. Yeah. Blue balls. Skuller. Sc oh my Skulder. God, that's the other one. Skulder. It was mul. What was the other one I did? Skulder mul was the one you did, I think. I thought it was mul. Mul. Molly. Molly. Moldy. <laughs> <laughs> Mulky. <laughs> Whatever. You know who I'm talking about. I um, want the payoff. That's all. That's all I'm saying. Well, hopefully, we get it. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Great. Thank you for listening. Um. Next week, I will be talking about Roland and Erlenmeyer Flask, the Erlenmeyer Flask, uh, and that'll wrap up season one, uh, which has been a really great season. So the next episode, talking about those two, Roland, the Erlenmeyer Flask, with Devin Faraci, who's been on a couple times before, he's on again. And we also sort of recap the season as a whole. Um, thank you so much for listening. Uh, follow me on Twitter at XFilesFiles or follow my personal account at Kamel N. That's K-U-M-A-I-L. 
and uh, email me at thexfilesfiles at gmail.com. That's thexfilesfiles at gmail.com. Um, I have another podcast called The Indoor Kids that's on the Nerdist Network that I host with my wife, Emily V. Gordon. We talk about video games, but mostly, you know, any sort of indoor stuff. So books, movies, TV shows, weighted towards video games where we kind of talk about everything. So do that. Oh, and the subreddit, the X-Files Files subreddit, a uh, lot of great conversations going on there, so please go join that. And again, please go on iTunes and um, review the show. Uh, review it well. Uh, give it five stars, I would say. Or if you're going to give it less than five stars, maybe, you know, don't review it. Um, but, you know, if you guys go vote, we can stay high up in the rankings. It's pretty amazing. Our rankings are still, like, pretty high and I'm getting more and more people contacting me um, for instance um, I had Bruce Harwood who plays um, one of the lone gunmen he plays Byers he also contacted me so it's cool like sort of the words getting out and I'm you know getting to talk to these people that I used to watch uh, on TV uh, you know since I was a little kid so it's really exciting um, anyway thank you so much for listening Hey, it's Josh Simpson. And Jake Jabour. From The Meat Improv. The Meat Improv is a comedy podcast where we bring on the best comedians in the world to tell meaty stories from their lives, and then they do improv comedy with us. You don't think we're good at improv? Check out this little snippet from Jake Jabour's real life. Hey, where's all my cats? <laughs> he never knows. The Meat Improv. You can listen to it on iTunes or your favorite podcasting app. That's The Meat Improv.